just like the stock market in 1929. We are straight booking it here on episode 2034, something like that. Hey, something like that. And there was the crash. <laughs> Welcome to episode 34 of A Gentleman's <laughs> Chat with your host, Billy and Ian. Dude, sometimes it's hard to keep track of what number episode we're on, especially because... We've been doing it for a good long while now. That is so true. It, it becomes increasingly more difficult to keep track of. I have an opening topic for us. A couple weeks back, I talked about these stress ball gummy things that I heard on a radio advertisement <laughs> in the car. Well, the advertisement came back the other day. And you bought them? No. Oh. I wrote it down so I could look them okay, up okay, later. Okay. And, I, and I got their FAQ open so I could know more about these special gummies. And apparently... What they do is they just eliminate all feelings of stress in your life. All I, stress. I thought it was an oversell on the car on the on the radio, but it's in <laughs> writing on their website. Like this this stuff is out of control. This is morphine. Yeah, they're using a herb called ashwagandha. A S H W A G A N D H A for those that want to type it into Google. Apparently this medicinal herb is uh just it just eliminates all feelings of stress that you could ever have it also gets rid of depression it you know probably cures canker sores and you know all sorts of things it seems to be like a a drug a one-stop shop for things it almost seems like something you'd read in indian lore you know (laughs) where they rubbed a little bit of paste on some guy and next thing you know he could walk again sort of stuff yeah so they say this is the key ingredient to their to their magical little gummies and what they are I've I've gotten a picture of them in the in the in the container they are literally like vitamin gummies that you would take except they've got this special herb in them and they just eliminate all feelings of stress you could ever think about having What if I like my stress? Cuz there's like good stress now this is a stress d- keeps me going. Right, this is an important question. I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> it gets rid of that too. Oh so it keeps everybody not going. It just stops yeah, everything. Yeah, I know. You're donezo. You're oh. donezo. You got, you got no reason to, to do anything else once you've taken these. I've got it up on my phone right now, and I'd like to try to get us to the FAQ again so I could just read the opening sentence. Oh, <laughs> I should tell you uh, that they, give it, they have a, a de-stress plus snooze that also has melatonin built into it, so you're not stressed and sleeping. That sounds like my significant other at all times. <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure she's only not stressed while sleeping. <laughs> Wowza. Yeah. All right. So this is, there's some medical based sentences in this little description here. So you might have to field some of this. The, <laughs> the FAQ reads this. How do stress balls work? Question mark. The answer is both de-stress plus relax and de-stress plus snooze contain this ashwagandha at a clinically studied level. This particular thing is an adaptogen, meaning it helps your body adapt to stress. It has been used in traditional... Oh, wow. (laughs) A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-I-C, Ayurvedic medicine, for a long time, like thousands of years. When we said a long time, we meant it. Oh. That... I hate to say it, if it's been around thousands of years... And people are still stressed. I'm not liking the odds of it working. Yeah. I hate to poke holes in this finely crafted opening (laughs) statements. But most of the medicines that were used thousands of years ago to cure 
pretty much anything I would not recommend nowadays. Yeah, apparently this is this ashwagandha uh, has been used for so long we start to stress out at the thought of counting that high. <laughs> I like this. I like to do the road <laughs> dance. This is funny. Well, at least when we have the uh, count by ones, ashwagandha has been used for thousands of years as this medicine. Okay. What does it do? It helps you de-stress. Are there any potential side effects? Apparently, there are no side effects. It's just lettuce. It kind of sounds like they're selling me, you know... Like your basil. Some sort of snake oil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's literally this special plant and some botanicals, and it's going to eliminate your stress. I There's just a don't. Few buy blades it. of grass and some basil, and they're like, right. "Oh, there, there you go. Your stress is Dude, taken care of." I take Flintstone vitamins once a day when I was a kid. That, that's effectively the same thing. It didn't help me with any stress at all. No, but they taste good, right? Oh, they I've taste never incredible. Had Sometimes I take a couple of them because they taste oh. so good. Except the grape ones. The grape ones always taste bad. I don't know what that's all about. Grape is bad. Usually, grape is like one of the top flavors people like. No, grape is not it for Flintstones. No? What just type like, of flavors do they have? Oh, I don't know, cherry, some other nondescript flavor <laughs> that was my favorite because it didn't taste like much. Gotcha. I l did not enjoy grape as much. It was like a mixed berry sort of situation. You know, your okay. cherries, your watermelons, strawberries. I think cherry would probably be my least favorite in that scenario. You know, I give kids that, it's not like Benadryl or whatever, it's you know, Motrin is actually what I'm thinking okay. of. Motrin, there we go. They give kids Motrin when they're not feeling well because it's basically watered down anything else that an adult would take. Yeah. That stuff tasted so flipping good. <laughs> Dude, sometimes I wished I was sick just so I could get some more of it. It was so get, tasty. I can go to Sam's Club. We can get like one of the 20-pound bins yeah. of Flintstone gummies. <laughs> and while we're chatting, we can just munch on Flintstone so, gummies. Dude, sometimes I think about... Our vitamin know, C will be so off the roof. The things you care about as a child. Now that I'm a grown man, like Halloween bears no importance to me at all. It bears importance to me because now I have to buy candy. For other children. Yeah. But you live somewhere where they're going to show up. I don't. I suppose, yeah. No one's going to no. show up. No, no one's walking that up. Dress. No one's walking up my driveway. <laughs> that is true. That is true. No. There's a lot of kids where I live, so candy's like essential for Halloween. Yeah, I don't have to deal with any of that garbage. And you know what? When I get the craving for candy, do what I do? I just go to the store and buy it. Yeah, I don't do that. I it's, don't like candy. It's that simple. I'm not a That is pretty. Simple. I'm not a huge candy guy. My better half has got me on this chocolate thing after dinner, <laughs> like a sweet after dinner. Ooh, Which really is just that's a slippery slope. It's just right an there. excuse to have chocolate after dinner. I think is all she uses it for. But <laughs> I'm game for it. Whatever. Can't she just have her own chocolate after dinner? Yeah, but you need to have a reason. Otherwise, you know, you just seem like a bad person. I don't know. Ask her. Okay, <laughs> ask her. It's not up to me. But You're I a terrible person, Billy. You eat chocolate, dude. I I don't. I don't try to. I actually make a habit of not keeping that stuff near me because I know that yeah. I'll just have a bite here or a bite there. What I do like to do, um, because of the chronic nausea that I suffer from, and this is something we've never talked about on the show, but sometimes I find things like peppermint helps that or other, you know, not to be a, a stress ball gummy believer here, but <laughs> some things like that help. Or at the very least, it distracts me from it. So Jolly Ranchers last a long time if you suck on them. So I suck on Jolly Ranchers just to get my mind off of it. Yeah. So I'll eat those sorts of things. We'll have to get you some weed. Like <laughs> right. some legal weed. No. 
Yeah. Dude, mm-hmm. I went into the hospital not that long ago, and the first thing they asked me when I was in there was, do you smoke weed? I said, no. They said, are you sure? Like, yes. Why, why would I lie about that? Well, because said, it's a crime where we live, Billy, so people well, are going to lie about it. It's a good point. It's a good point. But, hey, do you do this very incriminating act where you live? Uh, yes. Okay, we're going to have to report you. Yeah, apparently it would make my situation worse, according to the medical professionals of which Probably. I saw at the hospital. But, um, um, where was I going with this? Okay, so <laughs> last week I had a, a, a concert with the, the group that I'm teaching with right now, the kids that I'm teaching, and it was awards night. So the seniors, the high school seniors got their awards and stuff like that, and usually they get the choir director's gifts. And I wasn't expecting much because I'd only been there since the start of this year and, you know, whatever, whatever. They actually did get me something, which was super cool. They got me just this assortment of giant chocolate bars. <laughs> so different types of, you know, Hershey's and Mr. Good bars and Kit Kats, but the giant ones that are actually quite expensive. I can't believe I got those. And they also got me a card, which was super cute. And this uh, Starbucks gift card, which Didn't I Did you don't... get a bouquet, too? I did get a bouquet, yes. That was hilarious. Yeah, it was... They didn't present the bouquet to you while you were on stage. Yeah, so, yeah, so Ian was there for this, and he saw the whole <laughs> thing take place. But it, I think what happened was the senior class didn't get me a bouquet because they thought it would be like a little... You were the the only male conductor, and he was given a bouquet. Right, yeah. right, yeah. So they got me chocolate instead. And their, their reasoning was, you know, because the senior class is so sweet, you know, this sort of... <laughs> Ridiculous thing that they were going on in their heads. But one of the students afterwards had gotten me a separate bouquet of flowers because she was so thankful for the work that I had done with them this year. That's sweet. That she had gotten me a bouquet of flowers. And I think that is just so flippin' cute, dude. Yeah. It is so kind of them. And I it's sitting in a, in a vase at my house right now, slowly withering away as all flowers do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. She's probably listening to you right now. They're actually going to last forever. Those. It was such a beautiful, sweet gesture that the love you put into that bouquet for Billy will last forever. It will. That is Now, that is true. <laughs> the the respect I have and the, the good vibes I got from it will last. And it is true that some of those people might actually listen to this. Because <laughs> apparently it became a big thing, especially with the freshman man. Oh, my God. They still talk about Yeah. They had to fill out a feedback form for me today. And some of them wrote down about how they, you know, about my podcast and stuff like that. I was like, oh my God. But you can't respond to at school. Right, right. I can't. Yeah, last week we talked about the death penalty. I hope they buckle up tight for that one. Ooh. Can you believe that was one of the most viewed episodes we've had of recent date? I mean, it's somewhat important, yeah. I would say. Great feedback from it. People really loved it. But Yeah. Okay, I have a topic that I was going to bring up because of the viewership that we've had. It's been a long time since I've brought forth a topic for us to discuss. Yeah. Yeah, from particularly like relationship advice sorts of things. So I went on Reddit today, of which I know I do not know how to use it, but I found the r slash relationships advice, and I also found the r slash am I the asshole Reddit, which is a thing where people post like stories of their life happening. Are you going to have to bleep that? They ask, no, I don't. Okay. I don't. Just, just I, checking. I can get away with that one. <laughs> they ask... Um, the greater web, if the situation they were in, if they're the jerk or if the other person was yeah. the jerk. Yeah. Now, I've got one of those queued up for us if we want to. It's a very, very lengthy one. They're I both will... jerks. Well, you say that. <laughs> Allow me to read to you the title of this. And we may or may not go into it. I said it's very, very long. It <laughs> okay. might take up a good, Let, good let's hear it. Time, but here it. it is. How should I feel if my... 
if I, sorry, recently found out my wife of 10 years cheated on me while we were dating. We have been together for two years and she was still a virgin. She saw this guy for one month and lost her virginity to him. <laughs> so get a look at this, boys and girls. This guy Woo. is with his wife. They currently are married for 10 years. But when they were dating, when they were together, they had been dating for two years. Um, she had not been with anybody intimately. But she saw a guy on the side for a month, lost her virginity to him like that. But still came back to the relationship, is now married with the guy. And I, I did read his whole story, which is several chapters long. And it turns out they've got a couple of kids. They're happily married now. And the thing the guy talked about in, I think, every single paragraph was, like, the inability to reconcile the fact that the gal that he married and has children with slept around on him when they were dating. And I, I guess... Um, yeah, that's, that's he a pretty know, rough. I don't thing think to he out. knew about it f- at the time. I think this was a once they were married, yeah. it came out sort of deal. So we don't need to reminisce on this forever. But <laughs> I have to tell you, just as a as someone my personal self thinking about this, I don't know what I would do if I got married, and however many however much time later my wife goes to me, hey, I should tell you something. I not only saw someone else while we were together, I also broke that bond of intimacy that you and I refused to do with them. I don't know what I would do in that situation. Uh, Yeah, that's not really something you can rectify very simply. Although if you've already been married 10 years, you already have kids, you have to stay together for the kids, if nothing else. That's something that I don't think a lot of people give credit for. Having a stable home for children, very, very helpful for them. So if yes. nothing else, say for the kids, if you need, get twin beds. You don't have to sleep together. You can get separate rooms, right? whatever, but you need to make it work for the kids at this point. What would you do? What would I do? Let's say you and your significant other, you get married. Let's say a year into the marriage, she says, hey, I, I, was, I, did, a, I did this thing. What do you do? Well, it depends. I don't have kids, do I? In this situation, probably not. I don't know what this guy's situation That's a crux. If she was hiding, cheating on me for like a month, for however long, that's not really something reconcilable because there's no reason to lie to someone about that for so long and have done the cheating. Right. Which is breaking basically the relationship, the agreement that you guys are with one another. So I'd probably just leave. Gosh, you'd almost have to, wouldn't you? Yeah. I just feel like even not if I had kids, I would I would if I had kids, that's I don't the know, crux. Yeah. I don't know if it would work out, but I would definitely try that hundred and fifty percent to reconcile it for the kids. Yes. If it's just her and I and we're married, which is still a unbreaking covenant of love, right? Yep. I don't think I could do it. I don't think that I could reconcile that. Yeah. You know, I think every time I laid my head down at night, every time I looked at her, it doesn't matter how much time passes or whatever counseling you go to or whatever you do to work it out. I don't think there's a world where I ever look at that person and feel completely secure in my relationship. Probably not. Your trust has been fractured. Like I said, not easy to rectify. You would have to stay together for the kids, best case scenario. But like I said, you don't have to be... Um, 
we'll say intimately married because essentially there's two types of marriage there's a con there's a governmental contract under state and then there's the contract between yourselves and god if you're religious of any of those right whereas one of those keep the contract under state stay together for the kids it's the best f thing for them until at least they're 18 they're set for life you've done well right um you don't have to stay married personally or under who whatever god you follow or whatnot right. in that case and i would be respectful about it otherwise it'll get way more awkward just say hey this isn't gonna work we do need to stay together for the kids we'll make that work we've been doing it for a long time anyhow stick with it for the kids but as far as you and i as a couple are behind closed doors we're not anymore don't you think the kids would catch on to that though eventually especially when they're older but i would probably think even say you're in high school or middle school you find out your parents are only staying together to benefit you but they've been doing everything to benefit you and to be give you a proper upbringing and everything right i would probably if i was the child see it as very respectful and very honorable like even if your parents don't like each other but you know they're staying together just for your sake that's something that i would feel like immense gratefulness for the parents i had if they're both willing to sacrifice their differences for you as they as marriage should entail in the first place yeah i to me i think the difference maker is how you handle the situation you know the kids when they're younger it's one you know they don't really know they don't notice yeah but when they get older like if if it causes fights in your household or if it causes these big blowouts or you know whatever really like worst case scenario stuff that can come from that let's say she starts bringing other guys home or like whatever the thing is right um i think at that point you just kind of gotta hey you know what kids we're not gonna tell you exactly what happened but this just isn't working out and we love you and we care about each other but i'm not looking at your mother's boyfriends who are sleeping in my bed at night you yeah. know whatever the thing is i See, if That's you're doing it for at. the kids, you're never going to bring someone else into the home. That would kind of defeat all of the purpose. That's a good point. If that were to happen, it's kind of over at that point. Like I said, if you're being respectful and if you're truly in it for the kids, worst case scenario, say the wife has been seeing this other guy for 10 years and wants to still go see him. Say, okay, but you guys are getting going to his place or you're getting a hotel room, we'll tell the kids something but they don't need to be a part of that right because well you never want to drag your kids into it, it. Exactly. they have nothing to do with it exactly so yeah. keep them clean if you were to have to get divorced breakup and whatnot i think i don't think lying's ever good for kids i wouldn't don't tell them anything they don't need to know right it's all age dependent if they're eight they don't need to know hardly much of what's going on right just explain the basics hey something happened we can't really be together anymore we both still love you we'll do everything we can for you but we can't be together and then by the time they're in high school and whatnot i i would probably be honest say hey 
your sleazy whore of a <laughs> mother kind of slept around on me and lied about it, so we had to break up. Dude, here's my other, here's the, other <laughs> the foil, the wrinkle for me with the divorce thing. If you get divorced, those kids are going to get absolutely destroyed by the courts. And not yes. only not only that, you are like okay, she cheated on you, and you're going to have to give her the house and the kids half the time, at least. How the hell does that make sense? I don't. I don't like that. I don't. I cannot get behind that at all. Yeah, if it's she's rough. the person in the wrong, because you know like, that's how yeah. it works. Even no matter what um, state you're in, fifty-fifty is sort of what people go for. If you're that's in, the start. That's the right, baseline. Right. You know, half is half. And if you're just a regular working family, you know you're not going to be able to split up those assets and both be successful. Yeah, exactly. Someone's going to come out of this a winner. Yep. That's how it goes. Even if you try to be amicable or, you know, like, hey, I'll take this, you take that. At the end of the day, the courts still have to get involved. Lawyers yep. still have to get involved. And there's always going to be some lawyer or some judge putting his own thing to it. Of course. You know, that's just how it goes. No matter how amicable you are. I've heard of so many relationships where it was super amicable. They said, you know, hey, the house is worth this. I'll pay your half. You know, you can take the things that you want out of it, and at the end of this, we're settled, we're done. And the courts came back in and said, so, actually, add another zero to the end of that check. Yeah. So like, I uh, think no. <laughs> when when you're really dealing with divorce, you're not only dealing with the separation of the parents, you're dealing with, you know, the washer cycle that is the freaking court system yeah. trying to deal with that. Have we talked about on this show, it cost $180. To apply for a marriage license where yeah. we live. Have we talked about that on this yeah. show? Yeah, oh I, think, I think we've mentioned it. I don't think we did. Dude, this still floors me beyond belief. Get a load of this. So the government, for them to recognize, in our area, for them to recognize your marriage, you need to contact them and say, hey, I'd like to apply to be married to you. Like right? in, in yeah. the eyes of the state. I want to apply, if I could please, to, deem, to have you deem me married. But you have to do it no more than 30 days before the ceremony and no less than six. Yep. So you need to mark your calendar the day your ceremony is going to happen. And you need to pray to God that Jeannie in the front <laughs> office isn't taking any vacation days. Yep. Because otherwise you're absolutely screwed. They won't sign it. And get a load of this. You have to put in 180 of your non-refundable dollars to it. Boys and girls, if I've talked about this already, please feel free to stop me. But... I'm going to 180 of your own unrefundable dollars to maybe have the state approve you. Yeah. What the hell is that about? It's just government meddling where it doesn't need Listen, to be. I, I think there should be some form of, it should cost something if you know, for no other reason, because they need to keep that on the books. Like yeah. someone has to be there to sign the paperwork and notarize it. That takes people's time and energy. Okay, fine. But $180. Yeah. I don't get it. Well, you got to think of the whole structure. Our government here in the U.S. at least set up where it's not one guy coming or one gal coming, signing it off, notarizing it. And they're the only ones involved that are getting paycheck. No, you have about 120 different government workers that it takes to send one person to get that signed. It blows my mind. Yeah, they're just... The government is probably the least efficient entity at 
using or working with money that has ever existed. <laughs> Think about this, though. Okay, it can't be any sooner than six days before the ceremony. Yep. Let's say three days before the ceremony, she decides or he decides, mm-mm, <laughs> can't do it. Or... Saw you with the bridesmaid or something. Let's say yeah. you're standing at the altar and she or he goes, I just can't do it, and walks out. Well, doesn't you're matter. All, you're married. You're <laughs> legally married? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you went afterwards, you know, after the ceremony and signed papers. You're legally married by the time you set foot on the altar. Yeah. How does... That's 180 unrefundable. Add insult to injury, right? Your significant other, a week before your wedding, decides, ain't for me, sorry, bye, <laughs> and leaves with the bridesmaid or the groomsman, right? Yeah. Next thing you know... You have to, you know, all the all the money you spent on the wedding, gone. All the money you spent sending out invites for people, gone. The time, talent, and energy to get all the dresses and all the things there, gone. And worst of all, <laughs> you've got to go back to that stupid freaking office and you've got to admit to those people that that wedding didn't happen and that you're not going to get that $180 back. Really, all this circles back to the $180 that <laughs> I'm not getting back. I don't get it. <sighs> Well, I don't know. It, it's just a statement. I feel like at this point you should just be able to send in documentation online saying, hey, I'm marrying this chick or I'm marrying this dude. And that should be that. Wouldn't you think? It yeah. takes 15 minutes be to become ordained. Yeah, exactly. Why does it take so much more for me to, be a, <laughs> to flip and get married in terms of paperwork? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Probably money, a little bit of control. The government's bad at pretty much everything. I've often thought about getting ordained. I'm sorry, this is a way left turn from where we started this conversation. <laughs> but I have often thought, you know, it does only take like a half hour and a couple of questions on a questionnaire yeah, to get what ordained. Weddings are you going to preside? I'm not going to preside any weddings. I just want, what does it matter? I want the cool card in the mail because that's something I can do. Then, right? It's like you know when I someone suppose? becomes like a like a pastor for their local church. You need to have some amount of qualification usually for to yeah, do to I think do most pastors in our area have like either doctorates or like masters in Right. But uh, to be like a guest yeah. uh, guest pastor or a guest sermon giver or like you know almost like a substitute teacher except for exactly. churches, right? You need to be ordained in some respect. I what if I just took an afternoon, you know, and did that next thing you know I can it's not that I'm going to. I'm not going to preside over anyone's yeah. wedding. But I can, and that's the point. We could make a part of our Patreon where there's different oh tiers. Oh, my God. At each level, we'll just do another arbitrary thing and get, like, certified for get ordained. Dude. Or become an official, like, diesel license or something like that. It's like, okay. And the $15 <laughs> a month Patreons get access to all of that. Exactly. So, listen, if you want me to preside over your wedding, 15 bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a Patreon level. You and write we'll just in. go. And I will yeah. be there. Listen, you have to, obviously, I'm not, you know, you have to provide the flight and make sure that the, you know, the after party's good. I want, I want lots of, lots of treats and, and food and stuff, but I won't even charge you. If there's, listen, if you pay for my flight, and yeah, if you, you pay for travels. And you make know, sure fine. that there's some food afterwards for me, I'm there. I'll even pay for my own hotel, honestly, for the experience just to talk yeah. about it on the show. I'm there. I could get, I could get that. I should, yeah. We should get our we CDLs. Could we could do trucking for people. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could cater the weddings and then ordain them. Holy smokes. 
Picture we start a <laughs> catering business. Just like a weekend trip. We just cater and then ordain people. I have a friend that started a catering business, a family yeah. friend. And she poured, I don't even know how many tens of thousands of dollars into a professional kitchen that she has. And she does, it's this very, very wide gambit of stuff. She does like a pig roast barbecue things. She's okay. got a giant roaster. She so does that for events. She also does cupcakes and cakes for like birthdays and stuff like that. So it's this very wide range of things she does, but that's that's her business. She Wow. She goes around catering specialty events. That sounds fun. Tie that to the Patreon. Say, hey, we'll cater and ordain you for whatever. 25 amount. bucks. You know, we got $25 a month. We have to make the food, though. Yeah, but you got to be a $25 Patreon. Oh, in order to access Yeah, that. you can't get to that level. Yeah, maybe it's I misunderstood of, how Patreon works. Right, it's like OnlyFans. You know, you need to pay to be a subscriber and then pay for the content as well. Do you? I haven't used Patreon or OnlyFans. So. I don't know if that's how Patreon works, but I know that's how OnlyFans works. Wait, wait. So I pay for the subscription, but I don't actually like get access to what they have? You get access to the ability to pay for their content. <laughs> what? That's how it works. That's some that's some classic like um, premium porn scheme where I, I don't know if you guys are aware, but believe it or not, there's a lot of ads out there online that's just like $1 a month or whatever for different porn. And then I'm pretty sure it it's like access to their website, but it doesn't actually give you anything. That's just yeah, like... That's, so here, okay, here's an example, just to make sure we all got our bases covered. If I, if, if I started an OnlyFans, right, someone would have to pay money to subscribe to my OnlyFans every channel yep. every single month. Now, what that allows them to do, that unlocks my feed for them to see it. So they have paid X number of dollars a month to see the blurred out photos that I post. Now, for an additional sum of money, they can unlock that photo. <laughs> they can unblur the photo. So, boys and girls, if you have an OnlyFans, you are, a, you are killing it in terms of profit. Yeah. Because you are getting people literally as they're coming and going. Yeah. Because... It's just a crazy marketing scheme for people to pay to be, to see your channel and then have to pay to see the content. It's a recurring entrance fee to Walmart. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's like if Walmart started saying, 10 bucks to come in the store. It's like, but I'm going to go buy all your stuff in the store. Do I get a discount or anything? No, it's just $10 to come in. It's like paying for parking at baseball games. Exactly. It's literally what it yeah. is. Oh. Baseball games, at least in... Our state haven't gotten too bad. Whenever I go to Six Flags, the nearest one to us is Great America. It's um, just north of Chicago. Right. In that loop. Parking, last time I went there, because my significant other got season passes. Um, I remember this, yes. Yeah. $45 to park. Yeah, isn't that crazy? In an amusement park where you have to go in and buy a $45 water. Isn't that wild? <laughs> and they won't let you bring water in or anything like that. It's a, you know, in the $9 sandwich. Yeah. And it's just crazy. It is ridiculous. I, The food actually wasn't terrible from last time I remembered. It was like $10, to $10 or $15. There was like two tiers. Okay. And you got what you want. It was just like the drinks or... Anything extra. They keep adding more stuff. Like, instead of just normal lines, now you have the Fast Pass, which is an additional hundred-some dollars yes. per visit. Yes, You also have 
certain rides, like the premium rides or like the bungee jumping and whatnot that you pay on top of paying for entrance fee and paying for parking and paying everything in the park. You have to pay for all the photos they take of you for them to print out. Just picture you take you and your kids there, let's say, yeah. right? You, you, your wife, say you have two kids, four people. <laughs> That's got to be a $700 day. At least. Yeah. Just for a day at Great America. Six yeah. Flags, any of them in the country. And that's why Disney. Oh. Everybody says Disney's like one of the best vacations ever. And I'm always thinking... Because I used to live right by Disney when I lived in Florida. I lived um, just south of Orlando. Yeah, just south. Sort of in the heart of Florida. Terrible place, by the way. Ter- like right in the heart of Florida where... We were too far away from the coast to have any, like, beaches or whatnot. <laughs> and th- there was nothing but nursing homes where I lived. Nothing but nursing homes. Love it. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> um, unless you're, like, a resident, because I know because we were in the same county, we got, like, resident passes, which were way, way cheaper for Disney. It was, like, right. 80 bucks for the for the season, for, right. like, the year, and we could just go in. It's, it was great. Otherwise... You have to pay for the hotel, which is obscene and at Disney. Because um, they're themed. Yeah, because they're themed. No, I think it's obscene just because it's obscene. But you have to pay for parking everywhere you go. And last time I checked, most of the shuttles and whatnot to get from like your hotel and whatnot, you have to pay for those too. You have to um, say you drive from a hotel or not in Disney or whatnot. You have to pay for parking every day. You... Are not allowed to bring most things into the park. Yep. So you have to eat there and whatnot, and it's just as expensive. And then each section of Disney, I'm sure there's an all inclusive pass now, but I know like each section of Disney or each section of all their theme parks, like um, the SeaWorld and things like that, are all separate entrance fees. Are They're they all really? Separate. No, are they really? Yeah, because I can have. Say I was going to Bush Gardens, which is who houses SeaWorld or whatnot. I can go to their amusement park if I buy, like, the Bush Gardens ticket. Or if I want to go to Disney, I can buy the Disney ticket. If I want to go to the safari part of Disney, though, or if I want to go to SeaWorld part of Bush Gardens, that's a separate... It's like a separate entity, even though it's all in one place. It's the same thing. That is the, you that have is to buy so a stupid. separate ticket. That is the dumbest thing I've I've heard in a good long time. Yeah, while. and I then I know, this, say, like, the safaris, which are... Basically, little trolley rides, and you get to see the wildlife on a tour and whatnot. Those are extra on top of, say, being to SeaWorld, or I forget what the safari section of Disney's called. But it's, like, even more. It's just bananas, dude. And I'm thinking, this one vacation, probably, like, $5,000 at least. Right. Yeah, that's just crazy. I can't believe that. You know what is also crazy, Ian? It's time for an ad read. See how painless that was? I was thinking, you know, the Safari and the Sea Rule, and there's so many other things at Disney. I mean, they've got so many. I mean, it's, a, it's several square miles worth oh, of yeah. Disney, right? If you, especially if you go to the big ones like in Florida and whatnot. I think the worst part of all of it is the fact that you've got people honeymooning there, people getting engaged there. Like, it's this big hotspot destination to do all the things that I don't care to watch yeah. other people do, you know, and some dude gets down on one knee in the front gate. And I just want to push him over. Like, I just don't, <laughs> what are you doing? You idiot. 
Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure my significant other wants to like go to Disney sometime too. But don't uh, don't propose there. I would never. They they all, they give like um, boat rides for like dinners. You yeah, know, you can have like a private dinner, and they're like a which is extra, like a hundred bucks an hour. Yeah. I know. I have a friend that told me, and then you have to pay for the food on top of that. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, he was he was talking about it, and it was like you know this this would be you know. A great way for us to get engaged. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm not going to steal this dude's thunder because he's a great friend of mine and I love him to pieces and God bless him and I hope he's successful in life. All that put aside, what are you doing? <laughs> Come on, buddy. You, you, yeah. you can't think of anything better than going to Disney, the place that she is going to most expect you to propose to her on a $100 private boat ride, right, to pay for a very expensive dinner for her, for for you to do something she knows you're going to do, yes. Why or maybe, would you do that? I, maybe good philosophy behind it because you don't want to know. If it is ex- if she's already expecting it, and you're putting that much cost into it, it's a lot more pressure for her to tell you no. That's true. It's like well, you just spent two thousand dollars. Am I gonna say no in front of all these ritzy people around right. me that are doing the same exact thing? Listen, I can't I, do that. I think it's cute. I, and I get the appeal to it. You know, you're at Disney. The the magic of Disney, especially because it's a, it's a place she wants to go yeah. really badly. It's this special event for her. What better way to top it off? And I get all of that. I just think it's a little not special. Yeah. Maybe it is for them. And it might be for them. If, you know, these particular friend I'm thinking of, if that's what they do, well, whatever. Okay, cool for them. But for me, my personal self, I don't want to be one of, you know... 15 people that got engaged in Disney that day. I th- Where they're coming from most likely is if you're going to ask someone to marry you, it has not only been talked about, it's pretty much agreed upon. Probably. I would say there are very, very rare occasions of which people surprise ask someone to marry them. Especially it's never in like world. a. Yeah, exactly. Especially in modern day. It's not like a, oh, will you marry me? It's like, oh, I didn't think of this. I know we've been talking about it for a year and a half, but I didn't actually expect this. Right. We have a, a, a mutual friend of ours that just got engaged recently, and it was not a surprise at all to her. Yeah. Because the ring he bought was on her Pinterest. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things, like, she knew what the ring was going to be. She didn't know when it was going to be, like, the day, but she knew it was coming. Yeah. Like, So yeah. At, at that point, if it's not going to be a surprise anyhow... It's almost like an engagement celebration between the two of you if you were to take them to somewhere like Disney, where you know what it's really about. Right. And, but it's also a fun way of going about that. It's It's not really my style. If I was going to propose at Disney, it would be like the entire week we spend at Disney would be great. And on the, like, just get a really shady bus ride back. And in the middle of the bus ride, oh, by the way, will you marry me? <laughs> so there's an entire week buildup at Disney where it's like, oh, this is the week we, we've we been talking about this. He's going to propose. It has to be. It's just nothing. And then by the end of the week, I'd have her going crazy. It's like, what's what's wrong? Did something go wrong? What's going That's on? That's the problem, though. She wouldn't enjoy the week. You know, if I you, would. If you would. Dude, if you started on a Monday, by Monday afternoon, she her whole experience would be ruined because she'd be expecting it. You know, if you waited until Friday morning at 9.55, right before you got on your flight, 
She would have wasted Tuesday through Friday in the land of magic, pissed off at you because you're holding this bulging ring in your pocket every single day that she could see. You know what's you know what's really terrible? I know that would drive her crazy. I would still love that experience. <laughs> By a terrible person. Dude, you'd be the guy that would buy the hundred dollar boat ride, do the whole dinner, get off on the other side, like, that was fun with some sweetheart. Just have the ring in, like, the front pocket, accidentally put my wallet in the front pocket at the same time, take them out while paying for the check, and like, oh, and put the ring back in the pocket, oh here you go. That, now, that would be a baller move. You take the ring out, sit on the table, like, hang on, I gotta pay for dinner one minute. <laughs> and then put the ring back in the right pocket. Back and pretend it never happened. And then the rest of the week, it's just... Oh, dude, I'm telling you, if you got there Monday morning, by <laughs> Folks, Ian is crying right now. <laughs> By Monday at 11 a.m., she'd be pissed off at you that you hadn't proposed oh. already. That's one of those things. You need to do it right away so the rest of the experience can be good. Yeah. You know <laughs> You know the best part about this? My significant other, one of the only people I'm pretty sure doesn't listen to the podcast. Incredible. So I can actually do this. Dude, you're golden. And everybody we know now. We'll know what's going on except her. Yeah, you're gonna you're and gonna that just adds a layer. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna announce to the friend group that you're going you two are yeah. going to Disneyland and the rest of us are gonna be like, oh. oh boy. And we have like the group texts. I guarantee you the entire week, the entire group of friends we know, they're the type of people they'll like tease her or make oh, fun for of it sure. the entire Oh week. for sure. And that would just add to the Horrible. Principally, suspense. would be me. I would every fifteen minutes, I'd be throwing something in there for sure. Oh my! Has gosh. he proposed yet? I mean, I know he would told me he was having second thoughts, but he really seems <laughs> like he's going through. Oh my gosh! She would. She, we'd be the first people she talked to too. Be like, it's not like he did. Has he told you anything? You know, yeah, it's like start asking around. Yeah, he said he was gonna like propose if he ever went to Disney, but. Recently, he's been having a rough time, and he said he might not. He's been getting cold feet, so you know, just have to make sure it works. You know, just be nice to him, and she shows up, wakes up every morning, breakfast in bed. She's all the things that she never does for you. She's always doing every day of the week. Oh, not- you know what? I've come around to this. This sounds like a lot of fun. Maybe we should do this. See. That that's part of the thing. I have a terrible person. That is a terrible thing to do to your significant other. But it would be so much fun. It'd be a hell of a story. And and that, nothing else. It'd How'd you great. get married? Well, we spent a week in Disney World. It was wonderful. Nothing happened. It was on a bus ride home. Do you know my <laughs> You know my fear would be with something like that? You do have to carry the ring around with you. Like, if you're going to get engaged at Disney, like, in the park, that means you need to walk in with it, you need to get through security with it, you need to keep it on you. So, if you know, if you go there in the morning and you want to ride rides and just enjoy your experience before that happens, first of all, you're nervous the whole day. Oh, and yeah. secondarily, you need to keep track of that ring. Yeah. You know, that that can not be easy. Especially if you're going on roller coasters, or even if you're, let's say, you're doing the safari or SeaWorld, the tours, you know, you need to make sure that that pocket zips. 
wherever it is. Oh, yeah. Because that ring could very, very easily get lost. Yes, it could. And nothing can ruin your experience more <laughs> than paying three grand to go to oh. Disney, walking in with the ring and the intention to marry this gal, and walking out absolutely sad. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, that would be bad. Would, you almost have to really do it at the rough. hotel room later or something. Or, like, over one of the dinners, because then it's, then you can at least keep track of it. Yeah, but I'm going home, dressing up for the dinner, and going to the dinner separately. Yes. Like, I'm not going to the park and from the park to the dinner. No, 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 no. That like, can't be you keep happening. it in the safe in the hotel room until dinner, you get dressed up, That is up, the only it. time it is yeah. worth paying the $55 to keep, the, to use that safe in yeah, the hotel exactly. room. Yeah, exactly. That is the only time it is worth it there. <laughs> the only time. Because... You're probably not going to mess up, but you mess that up, that's that $55 to just for that security, that's a pretty good security. That, that, listen, that helps me sleep good at night Monday through Thursday. Oh, yeah. Okay? That keeps me comfortable on the pillow <laughs> until Friday morning rolls around. Yeah. And, oh, Friday morning, though, if you wait the week, that's still going to be an incredibly nerve-wracking safe open. Oh, God, you know yeah. it's a safe, but it's like a... Ooh. Do I remember the combo? Did someone steal it? Yeah, All you're going to open it. It's going to be empty, and and you're going to freak out because you forgot you like tucked it behind the bar so no one could see it, and you're going to be like, oh, my God, I just killed myself. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, and then it's the sigh of relief, which is almost the worst. Whenever I get like nervous over something, but then I realize that the nervousness was never justified... I am more upset at that right. over just continuing to be nervous. Right, or whether you're upset in any situation, you know, I think everyone's first act is like, let's fix the problem right now. Exactly. When really, you know, let's say you quote-unquote fix the problem, but realize 20 minutes later, oh, shoot. Yeah. If I would have just waited and surveyed the options, this would have been better. Yeah, that that's just rough. I hate doing things like that in life. Yeah, it happens to me all the time, but I... Yep. Tr- I Try to get better at it every time. I think the biggest thing I do with that would be um, probably just shopping. Like, be it any time of year. If I need, say, jeans, and I go jeans shopping, I don't like to think too far into it or get meta because they're jeans and I'm a man, so I just go and I grab it and I come back. It's very simple jean shopping yeah. for men, for those that don't know. Then I'll be in the store like two days later and it's like, oh, just so you know, 50% off, all jeans. And I'll sit there and I'll be like, <laughs> I just sometimes look up and I'm like, does the big guy just, do you enjoy <laughs> mocking me? Dude, it happens all the time. It, it does. All the time. But then it, it'll be something like, uh, they haven't been on sale in a while, and I'll wait. They'll be like, this is the same sale they did last year. Instead of a sale, it'll, like, go up $50. And it's like, are you kidding? Dude, this is why Amazon, if you look in your cart, it'll give you, like, daily updates, like, of price changes. I hate that. That's really? so Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. It'll say, like, this item has increased $4 or decreased or, you know, whatever it is. I hate that. <laughs> because sometimes I open up my Amazon cart, and it's like, hey... You know, I was going to go buy this thing, but now it's increased $7. Yeah. Well, do I buy it now because I need it, or do I wait, risk it going up more? What do I do? I hate that. That's that's one benefit I have huh. with brick-and-mortar stores, because I know what I'm going to walk into. Yep. Jeans really don't 
change that much, or whatever the item you're buying. At least is. men's jeans don't. M- mostly, if you're going, I have to... been told female jeans they change a lot. Female jeans aren't real jeans, though. It depends on the type. I guess they they don't have like just denim. Sometimes they have some mix. Yeah, yeah. I don't. You know, it's very rare. I see a pair of jeans that are legit jeans for women. For for females. Oh, I, I don't tend to. I don't tend to. I know they exist because oh, yeah. obviously they're they they make just denim. Yeah, right. They, that, that's a thing that happens. But by and large, if you're talking like "quote unquote" fashionable, those are all stretchy material that look like jeans. Yeah, that that is true. They're jean-looking leggings, and they're all sized differently. I don't understand <laughs> that, dude. I know that men have it easier in life in a lot of respects. I think none greater than this department. When I walk into a store and I want to buy something that's a medium, whether it's a shirt, whether it's socks, it could be underwear, it could be glasses. It could be anything. I know that if I'm a medium in something, I'm a medium universally. I could be in France and I'm still a medium, <laughs> right? Yeah. When a girl walks into a store, she could be a zero in one store. First of all, this sizing zero to 14 or whatever the sizing chart is. Yeah. That's stupid to me. I don't know why <laughs> we're doing that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't get it either. It's different in every store. Macy's is like a four. But if I go to Walmart, I'm like a three and a half. But if I go over to Target, well, now I'm a five. I'm a five. super feel-good. Right. So I'm a five. I don't want to shop at Target because I feel fat because I'm a five. Like, how does that I How does know. that work? Yeah, that's men's pants. I would be. I would feel safe telling someone to pick me up men's pants. I would never do that for women. Just because men's, they come in one size. It is length of pants in inches. Yes. It is circumference of waistband. In inches. Yes. And that is how they size every single male pants that has ever been made. The world over. Yeah. For instance, I usually just get like 32-32. That's it. There it is. Yeah, because it's a real common size, I can find it. Right. Any store you go to, you're good. Exactly. And you know what? If they're a little big or a little small, you can can make it work. Yeah, that's true. They're never so far gone. Like, the difference between a woman's two and four is a large difference. That is true. But 32 to 30, because I, they don't really make 31s. Like, odd numbers aren't really there. But that's pretty much, like, where I fall. Um, They'll both fit. It's just the type of fit, so. Yeah. And I own belts. Wow. So, 32, (laughs) if it's a little loose, I can wear a belt. Right. I have actually run into an experience, talking about my personal life, where my better half had, she was out of an article of clothing or whatever it was, and she needed it. Like, it was like, a, this is something that, like, the day can't go on without this because it was important. Oof. And I was like, okay, I'll run to the store and buy you some of whatever this was. <laughs> oh, I was like, listen, no. I will go get you the shirt or whatever you need. Oh, no. And uh, she's like, well, she got all, all up in arms about it. And she's like, no, I don't want you to do that because it, it does depend on what store you go to or it depends on the brand that you buy. Because she was like, well, you know, I'm a small in this brand, but a medium in this brand, or whatever she was saying. (laughs) All I remember, I wasn't remembering the words coming out of her mouth, more so the genuine upset in her voice. Like, she was genuine, like, she was upset that she didn't have this thing that she needed, capitalized, underlined, bold, needed. And I felt so powerless, because it wasn't like a, hey, run to the store and grab me a medium. It was a, I need this specific thing. And it depends on where you go. And for her to explain all of that to me 
wasn't going to happen. So we, she just had to go without that day. Yeah, that's rough. I felt so bad. Dude, if I wake up in the morning, let's say I'm out of socks, okay? I'm sockless. Sweetheart, can you run to the store for me, please? Pick one. It doesn't matter. That is true, especially you, in men's socks. There's like two sizes of men's socks. Can you grab me men's socks? Which yeah. kind? Men's socks. <laughs> exactly. I prefer black, personally. It doesn't really matter, though. Men's socks that are black. That's all I require. And it's going to yeah. work. It will. It's yep. just, yeah. Same with most shirts, especially I get most of my shirts because I like plain shirts anyhow. I'll go and get the like bags of five shirts that are all like the one color. Um, They're most common like white and black. Shirts I have a different thing with because obviously I wear mostly professional clothing, which is all custom tailored and sized. So when I go into like the gentleman's store or whatever it's called – What's the one near us? Men's Warehouse? Men's Warehouse. There it is. Gotcha. When I walk in there, the gal walks over with a tape measure, sizes up my neck and arms and says, yep. this is what you are. Here yep. it is. Or when I go in to have a suit done up, you know, yeah. you know, here it is. Pants are the exact same way. What size are you in pants? This. Let's measure. If we need to do some hemming or whatever, let's do that. So my experience with um, clothing on a professional level is much different in that I don't even know most of the sizing. No? So, I mean, I understand my okay. suit size and shirt size and stuff yeah. so I can walk in and they don't have to do it every time. But by and large, when I stroll in, they say, hey, Billy, what's going on? They run a tape measure around my neck and my arms. You know, and now, yeah. or sometimes they just do the neck because based on your neck size, this yep. is what dimensions work. I think I 29 weight. and a half is what yeah. I get pretty much shoulders always. are important. Yep. I found for me... It's a little different because my shoulders are much broader than you would expect for someone my height. But by and large, they just take care of it. Oh, yeah. I think I got sized once and I just get 29 and a half every shirt, I, every dress shirt I ever get or whatnot. Right. Never once has any of them not fit. Like, I just grab a bag. And a lot of times if I'm with someone who's like, don't you want to try it on? I'm like, why? It tells me the size. I get home and it's like. Oh, yeah, it works. Yeah, it's the same. Who would have guessed? <laughs> yeah, right? These are all the same size, and they all just fit. Exactly. Yeah, I I definitely get that. Especially because I've got a whole rack of them, as you know. Yeah. I've I've got got to be a dozen shirts at this point. Every single one of them fit just fine. Yeah, I, I think I have one that doesn't fit, but I've also had that one for like 10 years. Also, most of my dress shirts, I can't open where I have them right now. But most of them are black anyhow, so it was one of the black ones I don't need. I find that pants change and shrink over time. That's yeah. pretty annoying, but that's what long socks are for. Yeah. Why do you think you see old people wearing ridiculously high socks? It's not because it's fashionable. It's because, you know, their wife has shrunk their pants over the past seven years, and they don't, they're too cheap to buy yeah. new pants. I, I've noticed that a lot with um, anything that's not just, just denim. So recently, I've just been hang drying everything that's not just denim. Like, if it's just jeans, I'll throw those in the dryer because denim's not going to do anything. Right, they're jeans. But, yeah. <laughs> but everything else, like these and whatnot, I'll just, I'll dry, I'll hang dry them, and that works fine. Yeah, I usually put them in the dryer on no heat or low heat because okay. then it, they still get dry enough. And then I try to, well, I try to, when I take them out, iron all of them. Iron, yeah. Because then the crease That takes stays. a lot of time, though. I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've gone away from that except for khakis because khakis show immediately. Yeah, if you don't 
iron khakis or you don't take them out the moment they're done and fold them and put them away. That is true. You're yeah. done, though, with them. You're done. So, I have a couple pairs that I fell off. Like, I didn't wear them enough that I'm like, okay, I'll throw them in the dryer. I'll just put them away. And then you take them out, like, six months later when you finally want to wear them. And it just just looks like a paper bag crumpled up. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, this is nice. It's like kids, you know, that take their concert uniforms for choir and they just stuff them in the back of their closet, you know, yeah. for for four months until the concert rolls around and they show up at the concert looking like they were in a James Bond film yeah. they, or they got run over by a car or something ridiculous because they looked so terrible. Hey, they don't have to do that anymore. I got to see shirts, which I was not a fan of. Yeah, that's... That's is, a is, that a, is that a personal question I can ask? Sure, Billy, sure. If you were conducting your own choir, would you prefer professional attire, as in um, suits, dresses, any sort of formal wear, and usually uniformed color? That way you're matching and you look professional. Or do you prefer a more simplistic but set, say, same shirt for everyone? Okay, so I go several directions on this, and I know we're almost near show's end. This might run long because okay. of this, and I, I'm totally okay with it. If you're dealing with younger kids, middle school in particular, making them buy a $15 shirt that looks the same, and all they have to do is provide the pants and the shoes, yeah. is a lot easier. In a perfect world, if you're dealing with a concert choir or a program of any notoriety, I love the way ensembles look in tuxes and dresses. There's something, you know, if you look at smaller counties or smaller schools, they look at ensembles like that and think, if only we could look like that. Yeah. Because in the musical arts, as you know, people listen with their eyes as much as their ears. Very much If you so. look terrible, they don't, they're going to check out. But if you walk up there and your men's section is wearing a suit, full suit, and your women's section are wearing these just beautiful red blue whatever the color is gowns, dresses yeah. gowns and they look stunning you're immediately drawn to that oh yeah the problem comes in and not to offend anybody but when you start incorporating lgbtq plus into it because while there's nothing wrong with having someone that identifies differently wearing the clothing that they identify with so let's say a female that identifies as a male wearing a dress or i'm sorry wearing a tux as opposed to a dress while that's inherently okay, what it does is it ruins the way the sections look. Because while you can change your identity, you cannot change your voice. So if I have a, a, men's, a section of men over the right side of the stage of, of 30 dudes, and there is someone that identifies as someone but whose biological sex indicates a female, that's troublesome. Because, you know, if they want to wear the dress in the men's section now you don't look okay or if you want to wear the tux in the female section that's another problem so you run into this this thing where now it's now it's not it disrupts the uniform right and the point of it is that you're supposed to look uniform so you look good but they're not you're not taking away from the music it's all about the music yeah. at the end of the day and what it comes down to is it looks more like a political statement or a discombobulated mess as opposed to the uniformity. Than one that you unit like. singing as one. Right. It, it kind of ruins the idea of ensemble. And several people have gotten around it with different ways, whether it being colored suits or colored outfits 
that match. Let's say you're someone that is biologically a female, but you identify as a male. So the suit that you would wear matches the color of the gown. That works. The problem is that you need to spend $5,000 buying every mismatch and everything that would work for that. I would say this becomes a bigger, <clears throat> bigger problem, pardon me, with middle tiers of choir, like your standard high school choir or right. standard um, extracurricular, maybe. I would say once you get into more a more high and more devoted choir, say like your own chamber choir or a community ensemble that is put together collegiate i'm also thinking collegiate yes that's a better way of putting it if it's at a collegiate level or proportional i feel it's much easier to allow that because then you can just mix your sections because individually they're good enough that yes that will work yes that's why i don't think the middle section is where it comes into Difficulty because those are tend to be the singers who need the support of their section with them in order to be uniform. Here is what I have noticed in my just my career teaching. Usually, K through twelve education has a pretty set program in terms of uniforms. Yeah. A lot of people have gone away from tuxes and dresses to something like t-shirts. Yep. Yeah. Everyone has a very similar t-shirt, much like a middle school would do. I personally don't like it. I understand that. If that's all you can do, it's all you can do. But I don't like it. The other thing people go to is robes, which I also don't necessarily enjoy. They don't look terrible, but I just don't like the look of robes. I don't. I don't like want robes we're not, we're not. I'm not a, a gospel church. Yeah, you know, most not, of the time they look like black potato sacks. Yes, yes. Yeah. So usually K-12 through education, they have something set because... They also need to keep the district in mind and all the, yeah. the you know, they're representing The bureaucracy. Something. Right. When you get to the collegiate level, in my experience, it's been concert black. Yep. Black shirt, black shoes, black pants. You know, if you have a suit coat, fine. If it's black, if not, oh well, doesn't matter. You know, so it's sort of, yeah. it depends. You asked my personal opinion. Of course. I want to do whatever gives me the most class look classful looking uniformity without compromising the sound yes if you're going to be the student that comes in and disrupts what we're trying to do musically as an ensemble then i'll wear robes over listening to you bitch and complain yeah because at the end of the day we're there to make music as a team there's no i in team so you can identify however you want. You can dress however you want. But at the end of the day, we're a team. So if you're looking at it with compassion for your ensemble mates and you're looking at it with the goal of trying to work with the school, the district, trying to find a happy medium where you can feel comfortable with what you're wearing and you can be your best self and we can be our best selves, okay, I'm okay. game for that. I'm down for whatever that looks like. But if you're going to walk into my office and you're going to start telling you know, me, what I'm going to do for you. Yeah. I don't appreciate that because it's not ensemble. No, it, it comes across as if you say you're a sports team, a catcher saying, I no longer want to wear a catcher's guard because I w identify as the third baseman. Mm -hmm. Inherently, that that's fine. You can do that. But it is best that you wear the catcher's guard in that instance. That one more for safety, but... 
again, you know, there's lots of different ways to go about it, and we could yeah. spend an hour itself talking on it and really fleshing it out for people. But that's sort of my thoughts on it. So the the highest class with the least amount of discourse. Yeah, with the least amount of dissonance for other people. Okay. You know, if yes, that's so the it. highest possible midi middle ground the highest possible middle ground is what i'm looking for yeah so and it, again if that's a student that says hey i identify as this but i want to work with you then we're going as, as high as you're comfortable we're yeah. gonna, we're gonna do yeah, the yeah. thing that we can do and if it's someone that's not then the middle ground is lower and we're in you know looking however we look that's my personal opinion on it fair enough i think that's a great place to end we're a smidge over an hour now so Thank you, boys and girls, for listening so much to A Gentleman's Chat, episode 34, with your hosts, Ian and Billy.